Good morning. We, welcome to Wheaton Bible Church's traditional service this morning. It's great to have people in the room, all of you, as well as the majority of us online. We're going to have a good time celebrating the Lord and who he is this morning. I want to introduce you to Jonathan Harris, who is going to lead worship with us this morning. And I wanted to explain a little bit about who he is before we get going. Sergio Villanueva, many of you would recognize or know who he is. He's been the worship pastor for the last two years here at Wheaton Bible. He's overseen the worship services and the worship leaders for all the different services, so contemporary, traditional, Iglesia del Pueblo, as well as the Streamwood campus. So he's been doing that, and now he is needed to become the campus pastor for Iglesia del Pueblo, as Pastor Hannibal has become more involved in the broader leadership here at Wheaton Bible. And so, as uh, Sergio is stepping into that role, Jonathan, who joined us in November of last year, is now stepping into that worship pastor role, and so he'll be overseeing all our services. Jonathan has a fabulous family. Uh, he has a wife, Sarah who actually led with us last week, so you've seen her before. She's also a worship leader, and they have four wonderful kids, young. Um, we are so glad to have Jonathan leading us, and uh, Steve and I have really enjoyed working with him already. His leadership and vision uh, for people worshiping the Lord together here at Wheaton Bible. You'll mostly see Jonathan in the contemporary and the Spanish services. However, from time to time, he will be here with us leading, and um, we rejoice in the fact that we're a one church and can enjoy that together. So thanks, and welcome, Jonathan. Amen. Thank you, Katie. Uh, uh, welcome, church. Good morning. Thank you. It's a real joy 
to be here with you, to be worshiping with you and singing praises to the Lord. That we love leading worship. We have a passion for the Lord, for his church, for his word. And one of our favorite things to do is to sing uh, praises to the Lord with God's people. And so that's what we're going to do this morning, as I Kitty said. Uh, we have been here, uh, joined the Wheaton Bible Church family and Iglesia del Pueblo in November. And it's been a wonderful pleasure just to meet people, connect with people, even in the midst of everything we are going through. We've been able to connect with some families and enjoy our time here. And so just looking forward to uh, getting to know many, many of you uh, and spending time with you uh, as we continue to grow together in the Lord. Amen. So would you stand with us now and let's sing and celebrate the victory we have in Jesus. Say 
Amazing love, how can it be? Pray with me. We bless you, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because you have blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, choosing us in Him even before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before you. Oh Lord, may we be known as people who are wholly devoted to your glory. In your great love, you have predestined us for adoption. You have made us your sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. And this was your eternal purpose before the world was made and time began. You thought of each one of us by name and you loved us like you love your own son. How can this be amazing love? You have redeemed us through the blood of Jesus and forgave us all our sins against you. As far as the east is from the west, you have removed all our transgressions from us. You crown us with steadfast love and mercy. You have blessed us so abundantly in Jesus. So we praise your glorious grace. Father, you are infinitely wise. Who can understand your ways? And yet, you have made known to us the mystery of your will to unite all things in Christ, and you will one day complete the work that you have started. So we trust you. You will restore all things and bring us home. 
Help us set our hope in this, knowing that we are never forsaken. We are never alone. You have given us your Holy Spirit as the guarantee of our inheritance. We look forward to that day with great expectation when we will receive our inheritance, which is sure, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. And when we arrive, all of us will praise the glory of your grace because we will know and celebrate that it was all because of Christ.
You may be seated. And we know we miss our choir and hearing their voices, worshiping with them here presently, but uh, we praise God for technology, that we are able to see their faces even on the screen and to join them in worship with them. And so would you direct now your attention to the screens and uh, join them in worship as they lead us in the singing.
name is Molly and I'm the Community Engagement Manager for Rise Against Hunger's Chicago location. Rise Against Hunger is growing a global movement to end hunger by empowering communities, nourishing lives, and responding to emergencies. From the implementation of sustainable community development projects to our meal packaging programs, we strive to make an impact on hunger by building resilience, self-sufficiency, and empowerment in communities worldwide. We're so excited for CareFest this year because some of you will be joining Rising Hunger to package over 10,000 meals for communities facing food insecurity. When you serve organizations like ours through CareFest, you have an opportunity to fulfill Jesus' command to serve one another. You haven't yet signed up for a team? You can go to wheatonbible.org slash carefest to find a project that's right for you. All projects have COVID precautions in place to provide a safe serving environment. We can't wait to see you there on August 8th. Hey Wheaton Bible, I'm Irving Ruiz. I'm the middle school program coordinator and I serve here in our Puente de Pueblo ministry. Each year, the campuses of Wheaton Bible partner to create the Puente de Pueblo summer program. This program helps students succeed in school, learn important life skills, and have a lot of fun. This year, the program has been even more essential for many families that have lost wages or have been affected by COVID-19. Each day, more than 50 students are picked up and bused to an enriching day of learning and fun at the church. Since COVID-19 transitioned students to e-learning, students have missed being around their friends and teachers. With the summer program, students are able to regain those connections with their friends, and we have seen numerous students rise up to be leaders in and out of the classroom. Peer-to-peer -peer relationships, academics, and faith development have all been key points of learning for all of our students at the Puente Summer Program. Through all your generosity, ministries like this can thrive and support our local community. If you're able, would you take a moment to prayfully consider giving or setting up a reoccurring gift to support ministry through Wheaton Bible? You can easily do this by texting Wheaton Bible to 77977, visiting our website at wheatonbible.org give, or mailing a check to the church office. Thank you for being a partner in ministry here, and thank you for worshiping with us today. We hope you have a great week. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for all that is happening in the midst of so much uncertainty. I thank you that you are using Wheaton Bible Church for your glory. And I pray, Lord, as we right now uh, are giving, whether we're at home or texting it in, wherever it may be, Lord. I pray that you would use these gifts to further your kingdom, to meet the physical and spiritual needs in our community and around the world. Lord, I, I thank you for what is coming. May we not only give to, to further that kingdom, but Lord, may we uh, come and be a part of impacting our community through CareFest. I pray, Lord, that you would use it this year, even though it, it seems very different, Lord. May we come together as a church and glorify you. And I pray, that, Lord, that this would make an incredible impact on the lives that, that walk past, drive past our churches. And so, Lord, uh, lead us in that. I pray, Lord, that, uh, that this time has put a smile on your face as we worship you. And so as we come to your word, Lord, open our hearts, open our minds, speak to all of us. 
And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning, church. It is so good to see you here. And for those of you that are joining us online, thank you for joining us in worship today. It's good to be with you. My name is Phil Shields. I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Wheaton Bible Church. And it is my joy to have the opportunity to be with you and to talk to you this morning. We are continuing our series in the book of Proverbs, and we're going to be looking at wisdom that is coming from that text. And so we're going to be jumping around a little bit. So if you have your Bibles, you're going to need to be ready uh, to maybe make some movement um, with your pages. So I want to invite you, if you are here in the building, I want to invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's word. And if you're at home, I want to invite you to do the same thing because we are entering a time where we are going to be looking at God's word and may that word have great impact on our lives here this morning. So we're going to be starting in Proverbs 27 and make our way through several texts here. And so here it is. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. And then lastly, Proverbs 17, 17 says this, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Lord, I pray that this word penetrate our hearts. I pray, Lord, that you would use the words from my mouth to be your words. Speak to myself, speak to my friends here and wherever they may be watching. And I pray, Lord, that we would see very clearly how important friendship is to our walk with you. And so lead us in this. Walk us through this. Open our hearts and our minds. And Lord, if there is anything that is blocking us from seeing truth this morning, please remove that. That's your name I pray. Amen. You may have a seat. So as we go through this book of Proverbs, I was looking at things and we're looking at the subject of friendship And as I was reading through it, it came to me that there is this principle for all of us, no matter what age we are. And the principle is simply this. The seasons of life are greatly impacted by choosing and being a wise friend. The seasons of life are greatly impacted by choosing and being a wise friend. So have you ever noticed 
Have you ever noticed what makes up some of the best stories that have ever been written or some of the best, most epic movies that, that come out in theaters? If you look at some of these stories, what you begin to realize is that they are these storylines that have these certain challenges that come into someone's life that they have to face. And in order to really overcome all the challenges, they need a friend right next to them. All the epic stories have this relationship where there is a friendship to overcome. Think about one of the most classic movies around, Toy Story. I mean, Toy Story came out, and in the beginning of that movie, what we see is that there are these two characters, Woody and Buzz, and they have this challenge where they want to still be the toy that Andy loves, and they have this this thing that goes about them. They face this challenge, and by the end of the movie you end up hearing in the soundtrack the song, You Got a Friend in Me, and Woody and Buzz become friends. If you go through and think even before that, Bambi had Thumper, Thor had Hulk, and then you end up seeing in one of the most classic stories ever written, The Lord of the Rings, you end up seeing where friendship comes through. It's this friendship through Sam and Frodo. See, the, the storyline Tolkien wrote uh, really reflects this, these two that, hobbits that go out to destroy this ring. And in it, it's a, like a reflection of the biblical friendship of Jonathan and David. And when you end up seeing it, there's this one place where before they're about ready to leave the Shire... Frodo, knowing what is going to be taking place ahead of them, ends up saying to Sam, he says, it's going to be very dangerous, Sam. It's already dangerous. Most likely, neither of us will come back. And on hearing that, Sam responds by saying, if you don't come back, sir, then I shan't. That's certain. Don't you leave him, they said to me. Leave him, I said, I never mean to. I am going with him if he climbs to the moon and if any of those black riders try to stop him. They'll have Sam Gamgee to reckon with, I said. You end up seeing these two characters that take on these unbelievable circumstances and they do it together. Friendship is a very spiritual and biblical thing for the follower of Christ. And so as we dive into God's word this morning, we're going to be looking at friendship in, in several different ways. We're going to look at it from the perspective of that there are the enemies of friendship, then we're going to see the redemption of friendship, and then we're going to find that there is the person of friendship. So the enemies, the redemption, and the person. So let's start with the enemies. I think it's good to start with the bad news first, okay? Because it's going to get better. So we have these enemies of friendship. And as we read earlier in Proverbs 27.1, what we realize is that we have no idea what the day is going to bring. All of us wake up every day and we have no idea what is going to take place in our life. 
there are going to be things that come in. There's going to be these joys that we experience. And then there are some of those days that we wake up and we experience disappointment. We make good choices and we make bad choices. And sometimes there's laughter and sometimes there's tears. And the thing that we all have in common is that we wake up and we don't know what lies ahead. See, we have all these seasons that come in, and when we go through these seasons of life, when those bad times come, one of the things that ends up rising up within our hearts and and within us is this longing for a friendship, for somebody to just take the journey with us. You might be an introvert, you might be an extrovert, but all of us have this longing for friendship, people to share the highs and lows with. Now, some of you might be saying that you don't necessarily need friendship, that you like being alone, and that's okay, but the reality of it is, is that you and I were made in the image of God, and because we were made in the image of God, we were actually made and wired for friendship. We find this all the way back in the book of Genesis at the creation of the world and the creation of man where where God is saying, let's make man in our image. And we see this relationship between God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit that they are dwelling with one another. And because they were in relationship, they show us the first friendship in all of Scripture. And because we're made in that image, we are wired for friendship. We're wired to get into that, but the problem is is that we live in a culture that has reduced friendship to the most minimalist uh, relationship that you can have. If, If you have social media, you understand this. So you can fill your, your uh, social media accounts and, and reduce friendship to just a click on a screen. We try to see you know, how many people we know and they become our friends. And when we really focus on our friendships, our online, and, and that there's just these clicks, we end up reducing it and realizing that we don't focus on the character of friendship that is found in Scripture. We have to take a look at this so that whenever we pursue face-to-face friendship, where we are shoulder-to-shoulder, where we're walking with one another, that we don't miss the mark and we end up not only being a wise friend, but also surrounding ourselves with deep, meaningful friendships that really reflect what we find in Scripture. But the problems come. And our culture impacts our relationships. If you were to look at Proverbs 13, 19 through 20, it says this. It says, a longing fulfilled is sweet to the soul, but fools detest turning from evil. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. So the first enemy of friendship is foolishness. And I'm just going to be honest with you, as you're sitting here today, I want you to ask yourself, am I the fool or are the people that I surround myself with, are they the fools? Am I making the mistake in pursuing this problem of friendship and seeing that I don't really have the wise around me? 
See, what we see in this text is that we don't know that the, what the days are going to bring, but we have to desperately pursue not having friends that are foolish. See, the, the proverb ends up saying that if we surround ourselves with fools, whenever we are in the midst of the pit of, of just desperation, when fools are around us, our hope is going to get clouded and eventually pushed out. You need people around you that are going to reveal hope in your lives. And what the writer ends up saying here is that who you walk with is who you will become. So you might not be a fool right now, but because of who you're surrounding yourself with, you will eventually become that. And this is a, a problem in this. And the reason is because fools are drawn towards sin instead of being drawn towards holiness. Foolishness is the enemy of biblical godly friendship because it can impact not just the individual who is the fool, but it can impact everyone around them. This is something that, that creeps in and, and it's lived out in many different ways. So who are you surrounding yourself with? Now the second thing, once you realize that there is foolishness uh, around us, what we see is that foolishness is lived out in, in many different ways, but we're going to look at two. And the first one is in anger. Listen to what Proverbs 22 says. It says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. So this, this text ends up addressing anger. Let me ask you, when was the last time that you met an angry person and you walked away and you said, man, that person, they might be angry, but they are really wise. I don't think anybody, any of us would say that. This text is saying you have to steer clear from being around the one who is angry. What's interesting is that this text in Proverbs 22 is actually a command. I mean, those first words, do not make friends. It's, it's saying don't even go that way. And so the person that seems to be constantly at a simmer or about ready to boil over is going to be a friend that eventually will turn their anger on you. Now, I'm talking about the other person, but I want to ask you, are you the angry person? Would your friends say that you are the angry one? You're the one that's always at a simmer. Get just ready to boil over. The smallest things can trigger so much. They're, these are the people that are easily offended. They're, they're bitter about life. And a hot-tempered person is really hard to befriend. And so we see that this is an enemy of friendship because that anger is going to eventually destroy relationships. It's, it's really the enemy of friendship. So you have foolishness and you have anger. And then what we see in this uh, last proverb, in Proverbs 6, uh, 16.20, 
we actually see that there's conflict and gossip. It says a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Let me just give you a hint on something. Foolish people are insecure people. Foolish people are insecure about their identity. They're insecure about what's going on in life. And when that ends up happening, the thing that they are going to turn to is conflict and then gossip and talking about others and and what's taking place. And if a friend that you have or if, if you are being this friend where you are gossiping, what ends up happening is eventually that person is going to gossip about you. You aren't safe from it. You might say, well, we have this friendship, but I'm telling you, it is an enemy of friendship. And what happens is when this is taking place, trust is broken. And if you go back to Genesis, what we find is in the Trinity, we end up seeing that trust is huge for that relationship to stay intact. So if we overlook the reality that there are enemies to friendship, we're going to end up not really developing the biblical friendship that we're supposed to have. And here's the deal. I want to encourage you today to reflect on your friendships because the evil one wants to destroy you and those around you so that you don't see the hope that Jesus brings. There are problems of friendship that come in. And so how are you being a friend? Are one of these three problems you? Or are you surrounding yourself with these types of problems? What is happening in your life? How would you evaluate your friendship? Now we see that there is the problem uh, of friendship, but then we see that there is the redemption of friendship. There is the redemption of friendship in our lives. And this is where we end up seeing that the Bible reveals that there are, there are really some important things to put into friendship. Now, we could go on and on this morning, but I'm going to look at four things from Proverbs that we need to see and implement into our lives And so as we journey into those four, I want you to be able to to take down the Proverbs that we see and then start applying this in your life today. So one, one of the things we see in redemption of friendship, the way to redeem it, is that there is this word reliability. Friendship needs reliability. In Proverbs 18.24, it says this, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So our desire, our desire to have more friends on Facebook, our desire, our longings to have these uh, friendships fulfilled means that we are going to need to be reliable and have reliable friends. But notice that what these verses said. The first line says this, one who has unreliable friends. Whenever it's saying this, it's basically letting us know that you can be good with many people. In fact, we have great ministries here that you can join. Our adult community 
adult communities are great to be a part of on Sunday morning, and there's a large group of really friendly, great people in those. Our men's ministry, our women's ministry, it's full of, of great people. Our life groups are full of great people that you can become friends with, but here's what you have to understand. You can't be friends with all of them. In fact, you can't be a reliable friend to every person in that room. See, what this is saying is that you will have unreliable friendships if you are thinking that you can go deep with many, many people. The writer is saying unreliable friends is not what you are going to be looking at. What we have to understand is that this is going to come in a single-digit format. Now, all of Scripture, the reason this is so important is all through Scripture, the Old Testament and the New Testament, you're going to see phrases, this phrase, I am with you. God speaking, I am with you, I'm going to be with you. It's the heartbeat of God for his followers. And because we were created in the image of God, what we have to look at here is that we can't be omnipresent the way God is. And so even though all of our ministries are are really great and there's great people in them, we cannot be present with every individual that is in that room that we, we meet with. We just can't do it. We can't be friends with every single person that's on Facebook or in Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is. You are not going to be a reliable friend to all those people. And this is why the second part of the verse is so key. It ends up saying, but there is a friend, not friends, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Deep friendships come in the single-digit format. Deep friendships come that way. And in order to stick close, in order for that phrase to be tied to you, it means that the writer is saying that you are walking shoulder to shoulder, side by side. You are in every single season, and you are going to be the reliable friend that that individual needs. It's so key in this that whenever we look at this, reliability is basically seen when someone is by your side, not just in the highs of life, but in the ugliness, in the sinfulness, in the disappointment, in the uncertainty, in all those spaces, and they are still there. Here's what's key. Reliability isn't focused on the circumstance. It's focused on the the needs of the individual. If you are a reliable friend, you're not focused on the circumstance, you're focused on the individual's needs. This is why whenever you watch The Lord of the Rings, if Sam ended up focusing on every single circumstance that they were in, that he was in with Frodo, he would have run away. But he was focused on being reliable. So how reliable are you? How are you reliable with the few in your life, the few that you want to go deep with? How are you being reliable? Who is your reliable friend? Are you seeking uh, people that, that reflect biblical reliability? So we see that the first part of this redemption of friendship is that you are a reliable friend. 
Now, the second part of this is that you are going to have counsel. If you are reliable, then you should move to being a person of wise counsel in your friendships. And in Proverbs 27, it ends up saying, the writer writes, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Now here's what we need to understand when we read that. Friendship is very restrictive because you can't go deep with everyone. So look at the life of Jesus. Jesus ended up having three that he was very, very close with. So there were three of the disciples that he uh, really poured a ton of time into. And then there were the 12 that he was close with, but he didn't have the deepest relationship like he had with the three. And then what we see is that he had the 70 and it eventually became the 144 and then the 500, but Jesus always had the three. He always had the three that he poured into. And And I know for some of you extroverts, you are totally disagreeing with me right now. And I'm just gonna tell you, in love, you're wrong. You need the three. And when the three are there, what that means is that counsel is going to come in. Wise counsel. And so the writer in in Proverbs ends up saying this, and it's a fascinating phrase, wounds from a friend. And that's what's, what's so interesting is we live in a culture where it says that if a friend wounds you, get away from that person. And yet the writer in scripture is saying wounds from a friend can be trusted. See, it's in these moments that that you're dealing with a situation or a circumstance and you're talking and that friend, you think you're going to go one direction and that friend ends up saying something different to you and it hurts. You actually wanted them to just go along with what you were doing, but the friend comes in and brings this wise counsel. And whenever we see that friends bring wounds, it's not because they want to inflict pain, it's because they want to see your life blossom with biblical wisdom and pursuing Christ in all the ways that you can. And so wise counsel is going to be based on the will and the words of God. And so are you that type of friend? I have this plant. I am horrible with plants. I kill a lot of things. And I have this neighbor that really knows uh, all sorts of plants. And she stopped by uh, a couple weeks ago. And there's this one ground covering I have that uh, just blooms these beautiful purple flowers. And she said, you know, Phil, how those have all turned brown. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know how to keep them alive. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. You need to cut those off, the tops of that off, and you're going to see more purple flowers come out and it's going to bloom again. Now, it's strange to me to think that in the middle of spring and summer that I would cut something that was so beautiful and in many ways inflict pain and then see a rebirth, a reblooming of these incredible, uh, beautiful flowers. See, when I think of that, one of the things that we have to understand is that a godly friend is going to bring wise counsel, which means that they are probably going to prune some things in your life because they want to see your life 
rebloom in all its beauty. This is only possible with a few. It's only possible to have that with just a few people in your life where you're going to pursue godly friendship and you're going to open your life to wise counsel to say, speak into my life and I know there's going to be times that those things are going to wound, but I know you have my best interest in, in heart. Are you that type of friend? Are you bringing that to the relationships that you have? So there's reliability, there is counsel, and then there is this other aspect of, of really redeeming friendship, and it's called sharpening. In Proverbs 27, 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now this is like the theme verse for every men's ministry in America. But I got to tell you, some of you women, you are strong as iron. And so this is for all of us. See, when you read this, uh, when you surround yourself with people, it impacts who you become. And at times, you will start to become dull. Life will come in, and you're going to be shaped by different things. And so whether you are in junior high, high school, or you are in your 90s, you are going to be shaped by people. You're going to be sharpened by other people. And so your development as a follower of Christ depends on the people that you have by your side because you cannot grow alone. You can't, uh, you can't just have people that come in and flatter your every move. You have to sharpen one another. And so sharpening means that you're going to ask the hard questions. You're going to give some of uh, the hard truth even when it's not requested. See, there's a difference here. Counsel is offering wisdom and comfort in a, a circumstance or when it's asked for. Sharpening is actually ongoing honesty that's lovingly given for the ongoing redemption of the other person. Sharpening uh, is going to be there and it's going it's to take place in action and time and conversation and silence and joy and tears. And you're going uh, to have to have the, this other person that sharpens you. If iron needs sharpening, it needs another thing to come in and to sharpen it. Just like you need another person in your life to help you become the disciple that you're called to be. Who are you sharpening? Who's sharpening you? It might not always feel comfortable, but it's the way that we redeem friendship. Now, the last aspect here that I want you to see with the redemption of friendship is that there needs to be endurance. So in Proverbs 17, it says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. At weddings, there's vows that are taken, and when those vows are made, the couple that is uh, standing before the pastor makes these vows, and they have no idea what the years ahead have in store. But what they do is they make a commitment to one another that through all seasons, they are going to work hard at their relationship in order to endure the things of life. Now in that, what we have to understand 
is that that's a beautiful thing for marriage, but the scriptures also call friendships to endure as well. See, endurance is going to take this, this time, and, and the reason endurance is so important is because every day you are waking up to a battle against sin. And there's going to be times that you're not going to see it. There's going to be times that you're stumbling, and you need somebody that's going to endure through all situations and be there and say, whatever it is, I'm there. I'm not going to let you down. I'm by your side. I'm walking with you. Endurance is constantly saying, I'm here and I'm going to do it. I'm going to help so-and-so and I'm going to be that person because battling alone is foolish. See, folks, what we, whenever we look at this, friendships with endurance know that because the battle of sin is so prevalent, encouraging, reminding, uh, spending the time calling out and sometimes dragging your friend from the battleground to remind them of the grace of Christ is vitally important and it's going to take endurance. See, let me remind you that the seasons of life are greatly impacted by choosing and being a wise friend. So let me, I want to make sure that you understand this is not something that I'm just saying for scripture. So I'm gonna, I wanna invite uh, somebody up here real quick and I just want you to see it and I wanna talk very openly with you. So this is uh, my buddy Jeff. Jeff is uh, one of my closest friends, okay? Um, the four things that I was talking about are the things that we have committed to one another. Jeff uh, and I have known each other for eight years. Uh, I've known his wife since we were in junior high. But Jeff and I started eight years ago getting to know each other. I gotta tell you, there's times when I annoy this guy and he just annoys the snot out of me, okay? I'm gonna tell you, um, the thing that's beautiful whenever I I'm studying this is I think of what Jeff and I go through. Jeff and I talk sometimes four times a week. We're always texting. We're sending verses or reminders of who we are to be as men and as, as friends. Jeff has entered my life when I have been in the deepest valleys of discouragement, when I have questioned whether or not God is really around. Moments notice, I had to call Jeff, say, I need you to come to my house because I can't be the, the husband and the father that I need to be. And, and within 10 minutes, he's in my home and he's loving my family. The reality is, is that I might have the title of pastor, but I am broken and I need somebody like this to remind me of the gospel. Here's the other part of it. Today, I'm celebrating and I'm cheering on my buddy because for 226 days, he's been sober. Yeah. And I got to tell you, there's times that we have sat across the table and, and he's had to say it to me or I'm looking at him going, what are you thinking? What are you doing? And those wounds from a friend, we put on each other. 
I want you to see this because I want you to know that if you see one of us walking around, that we are speaking this into one another's life. We're going to endure even when we don't like the other individual in that moment. And when I've been talking to him this week, our prayer has been that you will have a friendship like this, where we love one another's families and we care for one another. So I wanted you to see this, to know that the reality is, is that you can have it, all right? So, thanks buddy. And so, Here's the, the foundation of it, though. And it's the last thing I want you to see. The reason Jeff and I can have this is because Jeff and I know that there's a person of friendship. And that person is Jesus Christ. We can endure. We can counsel. We can sharpen. We can be reliable because we have somebody that has been reliable for us before we even met. Jesus came so that he could be the person of friendship, so that the creator God, even in the book of Genesis, created and he wanted to be a friend with his creation. It says that that God walked through the garden with Adam. You take walks with friends. And God wanted to befriend his creation so much that he ends up sending Jesus and he sends Jesus in the New Testament to become not just our friend but also our savior. And in John uh, 15, it ends up saying this, greater love has no one than this to lay down down one's life for one's friends. You are are my friends if you do what I command. I mean, catch this. Jesus is saying, you are a friend. And then it goes on, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. Now, get this. You can have the friendships with other people and be the encouragement. You can redeem friendship because in John 15, Jesus was redeeming friendship to save you and to rescue you. And so anytime that you sit across, that you walk side by side with another individual and you bring the wisdom of scripture, the will of God, and you speak that into them for them to grow, you are a reflection of the Savior you love. So if you are here today, if you're watching today, and you're going, I need, I need friendship, I want to encourage you to start by surrendering your life to Christ. Where the true and perfect friendship is. And in that relationship, it can push you into a relationship with others that are pursuing Jesus in all his beauty. You can be a friend because there is the person of friendship who reveals what that looks like. So remember this, that the seasons of life are greatly impacted by choosing and being a wise friend.
So who are you befriending? Who are you having in your life? Who are you going to call today and thank the Lord for? Because eternity actually depends on it and who you become. Let's pray. Father, I uh, thank you for who you are and that you are the true friend. I thank you that you are the one that has come to show us what true friendship looks like. And because you are the one that set up friendship, you make it so that we can be disciples who love one another well. I pray for my friends here and my friends watching that they would have the few in their life that would help them become the disciples you have called them to be. I pray that we would be people that love you so much that we love our friends deeply. And in that, Lord, may we be wise because our foundation is your word. Move in us today. It's your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us? Let's respond to his word together.
just want to encourage you, if you need prayer today, if you're watching and you just want somebody to be praying for you, I want to encourage you to text prayer to 630-260-1600. And we will be praying for you uh, this week. I also want to encourage you as you leave here to consider going home and signing up for CareFest uh, that's coming and being a part of that. So may the God of friendship send you to be wise friends so that his kingdom and our Savior is glorified. Amen? Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. Have a great week.